This is Jarvis Hester, the editor-in-chief of Live Free Magazine, where we inspire you to live free in every area of your life, mind, body, and spirit. And this is 53 Years and Counting, a podcast hosted by Dr. Ron and Norma Hester. Uh, Dr. Hester and Norma, how are you this morning? Wonderful. I'm awesome. God is great. So today's, uh, so today's episode is focused on who is the leader in your relationship. Uh, so you guys have been married 53 years, and and who has been the leader and and of your relationship, and why is it so important uh, that that this is so? Well, the world look at being a leader um, as the one who. Uh, I guess leads the organization or the flock or what have you, but God didn't define that uh, leadership uh, like that. Now the man is supposed to be the head of the household according to Scripture. However, whatever is needed in the the, the family or this nucleus, this organization, who can do something better than the man who is the head that person should do it like in our situation uh, my wife she know how to take care of finances that's that's her specialty so therefore she she's a leader in that area and i don't take that from her because she is the leader okay and she's proven herself over the 53 years that she can do a good job so it depends on who can do what's best for the organization and not get over into, uh, I'm a leader, I, I, I'm, I'm a, you're supposed to look to me to do this. No, 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 no. That's, that's not a good, wholesome relationship. My idea of the leader is putting God first, allowing him to, to direct through the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to bring you to a unanimous by faith decision on whatever, whether it's buying a tissue roll, whether it's buying a house, whether it's buying a car, allow the Holy Spirit to direct and guide in that endeavor. Yeah, and you will never, 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 I can't say that enough, go wrong when you allow the Spirit of God, and that's in uh, Romans uh, 8, 14, uh, those who are uh, led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. And that don't mean gender. Sons mean spiritual children of God. So we try to allow the Spirit of God to lead us. So uh, with God being the, the head of your relationship, placing him first, uh, it teaches you to submit to God's authority, uh, which also helps you with uh, submission to one another in this area. What would you say to that? Well, uh, again, this is an area I think the world uh, misinterprets. When it when it comes to submitting, uh, the Word of God says that wives submit to your husband. However, the husband have to love Christ like the church in order for the woman to submit to him. You, you, you wouldn't uh, uh, expect the woman based on scripture to submit to you if you're doing uh, things in the worldly manner and you don't love Christ. Love Christ, the man, love Christ, 
and the woman will just automatically submit to you because this is a spiritual thing. So and, go ahead. And, go ahead. So. Uh, in speaking to uh, the scriptures talks about being um, equally yoked uh, in that that thought process of being equally yoked how does that uh, affect submission and healthiness uh, healthiness of a relationship okay uh, equally yoked mean that we are on the same page we're singing the same lyrics music. Not so, so yes, how does it work when you're not when you're not equally yoked? Let's say one a person is a, a believer, in, um, a, let's say a Muslim or in, in Christianity. How does that create conflict in, in relationships, and how can that be resolved? Well, because again, that's why Scripture said equally yoked. Uh, my, my, I'm I'm into Christ because Christ is in me mm-hmm. and I look for a woman to be the same in Christ I don't look out of my belief for someone else because that's going to cause conflict because I'm believing in one thing and they're going to be believing in another thing uh, that's why it's important to be equally yoked that's what it means you're both going in the same direction when you're yeah. equally yoked and, this, and we're allowing the spirit to to take us in that direction. We can't say that we believe in God and 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 this person here saying they believe in something else because it's it's, it's not going to work. It's just like uh, uh, putting oil in water. Uh, example of a, um, a believer and unbeliever. Uh, what, let's say a believer and an atheist. How challenging would it be to start a relationship in such a, 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 a challenging opposition? What, what would you? What I, what I said is you're both strong. Say, for instance, you you put a, a goat with a horse. You, they're going to go in opposite directions because that's that's their inclination, and that's what it means by being equally yoked. You will both go in the same direction versus going each going in opposite directions. Examples. So like if you're both believers and even if you're uh, having a, a disagreement about one issue, one topic, prayer through prayer and um, fasting and, and seeking God, God can align those disagreeing thoughts because the Holy Spirit brings revelation to the truth. What would yes. you say? I agree. Exactly. However, if the other party don't believe that, the Holy Spirit don't exist. This is true. You, you, got, you have to have both individuals believing in uh, God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit in order for that to work. And that's where the conflict going to come in because they don't believe that way. Right. And, and not hating on them because maybe that's the way they were brought up and what have you. And that's why it's very important because uh, the word says a man finds a good woman. So it's, a, it's the responsibility of that man is to find a woman that's equally with his belief in Jesus Christ. Yeah. In every way. Exactly. So let's speak to your personal experience. Uh, I know that um, uh, 
Norma, you were very, uh, it, it, very strong in the church when you were growing up. Um, and uh, Dr. Hester, your background was in uh, Catholicism, correct? You were you were a Catholic pastor, right? Right. right. Okay. Right. Let, let's let's talk about that and how that development, um, how you know, as growing up, as you uh, matured, how uh, the roles kind of not shifted, but uh, Doctor Hester, you became more passionate about seeking Christ uh, as you grew up. Share that story with us. Well, um, my my parents. Uh, let me to get the best education both me and my sisters so at that time uh, and probably even now uh, it was going to a Catholic school and not public school okay and I'm not knocking anybody who went to public school because there was some good public school but that was the choice of my parents to send me to uh, a Catholic school so uh, in in me going to a Catholic school, I learned a lot about Catholicism, and and I didn't uh, learn a lot about Catholicism. What I mean by that is when we were going going to school, we had a catechism. We didn't have the Bible. I didn't know nothing about the Bible. Uh, the, the, the Catholic Church didn't teach me about the Bible. Who taught me about the Bible was my mother because she was Baptist. Okay, uh, and that was made a made a different. And I believe that that's what um, drove me to know more about Jesus Christ than Catholicism because they were not teaching that. And even at the beginning of your relationship when you got married, uh, Norma, you were more of the outgoing talker, while Dr. Hester, you were more reserved and very quiet. And that changed over the years. Why do you think that changed and what was the catalyst of that change? And Because I, I know that when we ever bring up the name Jesus or any type of spiritual conversation, Dr. Hester will definitely take the lead. <laughs> well, I, I believe it was that uh, we all have potential in us. God sent us to this earth with a potential for the kingdom. I did not know that I had the potential to talk until later years and I guess that's what uh, brought it up or sparked the the the, the know-how not the know-how but my potential of talking is uh, I guess Jesus Christ because mm -hmm. that's all that I was uh, had a desire to talk about was, was Jesus Christ but I had a potential and didn't know it yeah. Norma do you feel like the prayers that you had in the beginning of your your marriage, um, maybe was an, an aid, or um, the Holy Spirit used you to draw Doctor Hester even closer to Him. Do you think that's possible? That's what the Scripture says. By the life, the woman lives if she's married to a non-Christian or someone that is not really involved in Him. Uh, the life that I was living caused him to be drawn closer to God and to the Holy Spirit that life that I was living allowed him to um, be touched by the Holy Spirit to be drawn closer to him and that ability that he had was stirred yes or set on fire by that Holy Spirit but let me share share this uh, 
and I don't know, I do know it was the Spirit of God that led me to do that. Every morning I would get up and read Psalm 27. The Spirit of God was leading me to do that, even though I, I was not uh, where I'm at today, but I believe the Spirit of God was preparing me for today. So the, the, the Bible says the prayers of the righteous availeth much. And I, I really want to bring this story out because uh, I, I think that there's this um, disconnect when um, the idea of prayer, because I think that sometimes people feel like it's a, a more a, a wish list of praying to Santa type of situation. But when you consistently uh, are seeking God in prayer, uh, he hears the prayers of his of his children. Uh, and the Bible says this, his children know his voice. And I believe that that becomes stronger when you begin to pray. You know, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, go ahead. I totally agree with that because he wants to hear our prayers. Yeah. Even though he knows about what we're going to pray about prior to us praying, the fact that we are submitting mm -hmm. or drawn to the, yes. the mechanism of prayer, he allows us to be led by the Spirit to speak it out because our words have power. That's it. And as we speak that word, the promises that he's set up and set in motion will be drawn to us because we are agreeing with his word. Amen. Doctor, what would you say to that? Uh, I would uh, ditto uh, what she just said. Uh, and this whole Christian walk is all about bringing us to the place that God had already ordained for us to be. See, we don't we don't know what to do. We don't know how to do it. That's the truth. But it's the spirit of God, again, that Romans 8.14, that would lead us to the place that God had already ordained, the plan mm -hmm. that he had for us to get us to that plan. We walk in that plan. Mm -hmm. And I'm here to tell you, that plan is awesome. Amen. I, I think that a lot of people... Um, allow fear to paralyze them to begin to pray because they feel like I don't know how to pray or I don't know what to say. I think that I'd like to encourage you all to just start with thanking God, uh, even just for the littlest things that for the day that you have an op another opportunity to lift up his name and that once you begin to thank God, then acknowledge him and lift him up. Uh, prayer is, is such a key to connecting us to to God and to be able to hear from him even the more. What what, what would you all say? Well, yeah, I would, I would again, I would read to that, that um, praying is the connection, like you just said, to speaking with God. Because you remember in the Old Testament, the people didn't have that ability to, to, to speak with God until after Jesus and the Kirk went in the temple. So now we can go directly to the Father. And in John 16, 23, that Jesus says that we can ask the Father anything in his name and he will do it. Now, when we're talking about prayer, we can pray scripture. Exactly. Because... Yeah because many people are praying amiss. Yep. 
And a miss means that it's not God's will for you to be praying that prayer. So, so to be assured that you praying the right prayer, pray scripture. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's a prayer. Mm-hmm. And that's God's word. So you know that he hears that word. He only hears his word. He also says, remind me of my word. Remind him of his word. Because when you remind God that you said that you shall supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory, that you said that you are my healer. Like, by your stripes, I was healed. And being able to really, when you begin to pray the scripture, you begin to build build confidence in that scripture and in God that he is not a man, he cannot lie, and he'll watch over his word until it is made manifest. That's the word of God. Exactly. Yeah. And and you won't uh, have to wonder if God had heard your prayer. He, he hears the prayers of the righteous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he hears the prayers of of the righteous and in in first uh in first peter three uh you know turn it turn in there first peter three it talks about um that three twelve for the eyes of the lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers mm-hmm. but the face of the lord is against them that do evil mm-hmm. so that's saying that the prayer that you send to him, he hear you. Just like Daniel had prayed uh, to him, he heard the prayer. However, the, the the demon of Persia was blocking what he had prayed for. But I'm here to tell you, when you pray to God, hmm. can't nothing stop. Amen. Because what you prayed to him, he has already given you desire to pray to him for, and like I said, that in in uh, in, in John uh, sixteen, John sixteen uh, twenty three, it says, and in that day you shall ask me nothing. Barely, barely, and barely, barely means I assure you, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, in Jesus' name. He will give it you. Amen. Amen. So if you're praying that prayer and, and knowing that, Father, I have asked you for whatever in the name of Jesus, you believe that you receive. Because it's all about faith. And as you continue to confess this scripture, it will start uh manifesting in you is just like going to the gym and, and, and building your muscle. So it will go into your spirit man and what will happen is that your confidence will be growing and growing. So you know there's not a shadow of a doubt that Father you told me if I ask you for this in the name of Jesus you will do it. Amen. So a topic that's really um, a, a, a point of contention in relationships is uh, tithing. Uh, so as you place God as, a, as head of your life uh, and head of your relationship, 
uh, an act of uh, submission, an act of sacrifice is tithing. How important is this act in a relationship? Well, uh, in, in, in Malachi 3 and a lot of people have a problem with this about, about tithing, giving to the kingdom. And uh, people have problems with that, but I'm not going to give to that man or that woman uh, because they drive no Mercedes, they live good, and what have you. But the tithe is not for that man and woman. The tithe is for you. That's it. It's for you. And that's what I don't think people understand, that the tithe is for the individual who is, is tithing. Okay? And it says... Uh, in uh, Malachi 3 8, will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me, but ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee in tithes and offering? Mm-hmm. Because people will quickly pay a bill before they tithe and justify it. But if they had realized that when they tithe, that God was going to provide the money for the bill. Because he says he rebukes the devourer because of. Exactly. Exactly. Right. That's that's why he had told Adam not to eat of the fruit because oh. it belonged to God. Ah. Sorry. But, but you know what they did? They 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 rejected what God said because the enemy influenced them to reject God said, and they lost everything. But I'm here to share with you. You can't afford not the time. Amen. To give to God, because everything belongs to God. God said, the earth is mine and the fullness thereof. Mm-hmm. So everything belongs to God. Mm-hmm. So you give back to him, like he said, the, the 10% or, and when it says tithe and offerings, now the offerings is something different from the tithe. The offering could be not at your place where you're being fed. It could be somewhere else. The Holy Spirit will lead and guide you where to put the offerings. And it could be at your church. But that's that's where people are missing out on. That's where Christians are missing out on and uh, giving back to God what he had given to them. And the 10% is off the gross. It ain't off the net. It's what you gross. If you gross $100, you owe God $10. So you give him this ten dollars and believe that he is going to take care of you financially because he said he said he said he would open the windows of heaven and you th- pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive. <laughs> Do you think this is an act of of faith and submission? It teaches us to uh, trust God with what He gives us. Exactly. So it's saying, okay, God, I trust you with, with with the blessing that you have for me, and this is what I owe you, and I'm in, in a sacrifice for the blessings that I receive daily. My trust is in you, not in man. Exactly. And when you do that, and you said it earlier, and he said that if you do this, I will rebuke the enemy mm-hmm. for your sake. Mm-hmm. And he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, said the Lord of hosts. 
I will keep the enemy from your bank accounts, your investments, and, and, and what have you, because you decided to, to, to give me my 10%. I know a businessman, he gave 90 and lived off of 10. Mm, wow. Can you imagine? Can wow. you imagine? That's some faith. Yes. But and when you know God, <laughs> you can trust him. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. Norma, what would you say? I would say give unto God and we're just like the, this gentleman that I was talking about. When you give unto God, he will give back to you. Push down, shake together mm-hmm. more than what you can expect. Mm-hmm. Exactly. More than what you look to. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. He is the way. That's it. That is it. In wrapping up this episode of uh, who's the leader in your relationship, what would you say uh, as an advice to a, a, a new new couple who's just getting preparing to get married? What would you say um, in, to advise them about putting God as the leader of their relationship? As an example of our life, not that we're the Bible, but God has brought success in our life because we have dedicated the time to him and he has added more than we could ask he's given us peace in the midst of confusion he's given us joy when there should have been sorrow he's given us more than what we even could could compare to what we thought we were going to receive and that's his word that he will give you more than you could even ask or think above and beyond he is an above and beyond God well thank you all so much Dr. Ron and Norma Hester for this time and sharing it with us with 53 years and counting Uh, this has been Jarvis Hester the editor in chief of Live Free magazine where we inspire you to live free in every area of your life mind body and spirit Uh, stay tuned for more episodes with Dr. Ron and Norma Hester 53 years and counting online at www.livefreemagazine.org be blessed